What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your movie review and nerd news podcast. That's right, you're locked into the flagship 3FN podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. And this week, we will be reviewing Halloween Ends with a very, very special guest, Ken M from the ODPH. But in the first half of the show, you know we're going to talk nerd news and, of course, Diesel's movie triple stuff. But before we can do all of that, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here. Firstly, he is the man that just this past week, or well, technically it wasn't weekend, it was Thursday, when we went to see Halloween Ends, he set the new Guinness Book of World's Record record for most eye rolls in a two-hour period of time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. I was doing more eye rolls than a teenage girl. Jesus Christ, my head hurt after that. (laughs) And of course, he is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Rain Man, Hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. I give to you Diesel. What's up, Minnow Gang? <laughs> Minnow Gang. He's throwing up that gang sign <laughs> team in the studio. Calm it down, bro. You all affiliated. <laughs> what, what colors are you repping these days? <laughs> oh, the minnows? I want to say like red and green. Red and green for the minnows? Yeah. I think that's a good color for the minnows. Yeah. Sort of like my heritage. Yeah, that, that is kind of true, you know? <laughs> it's, it's the colors of the Mexican flag. Yeah. And uh, actually, you should have thrown orange in there because then we could have finagled it around with a little bit of white and you could have had the Mexican and the Irish flag. Yeah, well, def- well. definitely we're going to have uh, Allison's Max initials somewhere in there. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, are you counting down the days until she gets out of prison? Oh, dude, I'm waiting. <laughs> are I, you saving yourself for her? I am saving myself for her. Not voluntarily, but. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most incel thing that's ever been uttered at this table. Well, how has been the week, Ron? It's been a week. Can't complain too much. You know, work is work. Our Wednesday group is still working through the campaign. Uh, nothing really major happened because, unfortunately, Drew's been called out of work for the last couple of weeks, so he's been out of town. So we've been doing it with the little, like iPad. Yep. So it's you know it's hard to hear you know all that stuff. But you know we're just to keep the game group going. Uh, other than that, you know, just watching movies on top of movies. You know, on top of movies. On top of movies. Um, yeah, that I mean, the only other funny thing is at the Wednesday game group is you, uh, Josh was who, you know, you yep. know so was putting together a Lego set while we were playing, and he, he like, stopped halfway through and was like, ah, I'm winded. I'm like, you know you're out of shape when you've got to stop putting Legos together. <laughs> I, I can understand if it was Mega Bloks. Those things got some density to them. So, so he was like, ah, oh, he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you, you know that. And Add that said, to the, thing, the, the list of things that I've never gotten winded doing is Legos. <laughs> Tying my shoes, yes. Getting dressed sometimes, yes. Thinking about walking, yes, but never Legos. <laughs> but it was funny. It was just funny because I was like, and I go, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to buy Legos now because I don't want to see how bad I am. <laughs> well, Diesel, how's been your week? Remember the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas? Yeah, absolutely. We're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it's been a long week. I, I'm definitely getting burned out. I'm going to need to take a break here soon from 
both jobs, so I think next weekend I'm just not showing up at all for my birthday weekend. Just going to take the whole weekend off and enjoy myself. We'll have to we'll have to get dinner or something yeah. for your birthday, which is normal. It's yeah. customary. Well, my week has been pretty good. Once again, I've also watched a ton of movies, but I love watching movies anyways. I've been doing a lot of podcasting. Uh, speaking of which, I'm such a bad host and and everything that you guys probably noticed that there was something new that came out that I never announced to anybody but patrons because <laughs> I keep forgetting to do it on the show. But a uh, horror show called 3FN Horror Show. It's just going to be horror movie reviews. Sometimes there'll be older movies. Sometimes there'll be newer movies. Sometimes there'll be fan films. It's going to go all over the place. We're going to try to cover as much as we can. There'll be different special guests uh, sometimes ron will be doing them with me sometimes maybe our friend tone will be in for some even diesel might do some of the wacky ones with us and then some of our podcasting friends i'm hoping to bring on and then kind of have guests because i'd like to talk to some of them about movies and it's just a nice convenient way to do that plus give you all some extra content so last week we put out the first episode which was trick or treat uh, this week you're getting a second one. I mentioned three this month because the second one is going to be we saw Terrifier two. So this Friday, if you're not a patron, because patrons will get it on Thursday, you will get the second episode of Three FN Horror Show, and it will be Terrifier two. Myself and Ron reviewing that, and finally uh, the last one of the month will actually be the original Halloween, and then from there it'll be by uh, you know two twice a month, so bi weekly. Uh, for the most part, if there's a third one we throw in, there's a third one we throw in, but it's going to be at least two a month. And there's some other plans to get you guys some more content. It's just kind of getting more content out there, but I just keep forgetting about mentioning it. So, surprise! <laughs> surprise! <laughs> you guys probably saw it in your feed and was like, what the hell is this? And it's still not quite flushed out completely. We're going to have some new sounds for it and everything else. But we want to hit the you know ground running and get the pilot out there and have some fun. So, you know, it's ever ever changing, if you will. But, yeah, it's been a good week. I, I can't I can't wait to uh, for you guys to hear the second half of the show in the 3fn movie club review where we talk halloween ends and we will be joined for the review by uh ken m from the odph uh just as a side note we did record the review on saturday so if some of the numbers sound off because obviously we did give the budget and box office and i did warn then the box office when we did it was 20.1 million during diesel's movie triple stuff you will get the uh actual number which was much larger than 20.1 million so don't crucify us there. And I'm also going to give you the updated while he does it. I'll give you the updated scores from Rotten Tomatoes and such. Because when we did it on Saturday, that's what we went by. So if you're wondering why some things don't add up, it's because we did it on Saturday. And just get that out of the way. But speaking of getting things out of the way, I think it's time to get some shameless plugs out of the way. And that is very simple. If you want to know anything about the 3FN Podcast, just visit 3FN Podcast. Dot com. You can find all of our social media links there. You can find the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content and help support the show. There's also the Tee Public uh, link so you can buy some swag and help support the show. And so much more. 3FNpodcast.com is the one-stop shop. Find out all you can about the 3FN podcast. All about 607TWS. Friends of the show like the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Then you can also go to the music directory and check out the bands who support the show by letting us use their music so we can be copyright free. Giving a quick shout out to the band that does our theme song, Shout at the Robots. The song is called Fail Better. Make sure you uh, check them out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And there's a ton of other great bands on there as well. Make sure you're checking all of them out. And of course, our local sponsors who help us bring the show to you each and every week, commercial free. 
But I'm going to give them a shout out right now since they do that for us. First of all, the people who do provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games. For all of your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events going on at the shop, make sure you're following them on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. And then Diesel, who's uh, our other sponsor? Rexter Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. Call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. And last but certainly not least, our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. I know the event doesn't go down until August 25th and 26th of 2023, because the last event just happened, but guess what? There is a special sale coming up October 28th through October 31st for weekend passes, and it's the lowest you'll be able to buy weekend passes for the event. So make sure you to just if you want to buy, purchase those passes, or if you want to stay up to date on any other sales that are coming and anything else that's involved Sci-Fi Horror Fest, make sure you go to their website, SciFiHorrorFest.com. That's right, that's right. Get it, Mario. And uh, still, still a petition out there to get uh, the Mario. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Sonic, only they just want the voice changed. Nope. <laughs> But do you know how much work goes into changing the voice? Because that means you have to go back and change the animation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to do that. Stay strong. We love uh, Chris Pratt here. <laughs> yeah? Diesel, you're, you're, you're on the uh, Team Pratt? Oh, Team Pratt all the way. Team Live Pratt or die. all the way? Uh, Ron, are you on Team Pratt or Team Get the Right Fucking Accent? I don't really care because he really didn't hear it. It was like two words. <laughs> I'm so. on Team Stop Trivializing My Heritage, goddammit. I, I can't. I can't team Pratt. I can't believe they want Team White People. Whoa, 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 Ron. I hit the wrong number. <laughs> I'm hitting the wrong ones. I'm hitting them all. So y'all need to hide your kids, I, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Ron shocked me so bad, I hit every <laughs> fucking sound in the soundboard. Oh, a rare Ron warning. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit, Ron. Well, before we get in any more trouble, and I got to hit any more buttons, let's uh, kick off the show, shall we? Because it's now time for... This week's edition of the Nerd News. Bing, bang, boom. Oh, God damn it. Bing, wow. bang, boom. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. First, first Ron steals your edginess, <laughs> and now you can't even say fing, fang, boom. You know how much I was struggling? I'm getting old. I'm about to turn 39. And before we did the Rex to Rod's part, I'm just like, don't fuck this up again. Don't fuck this up again. All my brain power went into remembering the, the first three digits that weren't 607. So I was like, is it 664? Is it 644? I'm replaying it in my head, and that's where all my brain power went. I just want to throw this out to you. I have been 39 for an almost a full year, and I still remember shit. <laughs> it, it's, I'm losing it all quick. I, awesome. I, and Ron has not been 39 for a few years now. And he still has most of his faculty. <laughs> most of them. There, there's a few that have gone. Oh, no. My I, I, I've gone. You know how many times I walk downstairs to go to the kitchen and grab something and be like, uh. That happens uh, to everybody no matter how old they yeah, are. Yeah, but like, like it's happening a lot. Like I walk downstairs. I'm like, what am I down here for? I'm like, what? a soda? No, I just cracked one. Uh, chips? Oh, no, I don't have any. What the fuck am I down here for? <laughs> well, as long as you don't forget your Depends, we're going to be fine. <laughs> oh, no. I don't forget those. Never leave home without them. Well, 
Let's kick off the nerd news with some breaking news as of today. It has finally become official. Uh, this is reported by Deadline Hollywood. Harrison Ford will be taking over the Marvel role of General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, beginning with Phase 5 Captain America New World Order. This has been long rumored. This has been one of those things that's been discussed on every like site that is not reputable. But finally today, Deadline is confirming it, which means it is real. It is no longer a drill. How do you feel about Harrison Ford becoming Thunderbolt Ross? Starting with Ron. Oh, let's get Captain America over here. Do anything we need to do. That's pretty much what's going to happen. This <laughs> incredible Hulk. Where is he? You know, the Black Widow needs to come over here. Don't we still have an Iron Man somewhere? Oh, wait, he died. Oh, geez, I don't know what to do. I'm not terribly upset by that. <laughs> if Harrison Ford does his normal Harrison Ford, I am absolutely I, I, thrilled I, with this. It's a shitty situation with the passing. Right. And this, they wanted to move this character along. So I think this is like a great replacement in... I'm completely excited for this, I, but I love Harrison Ford. Yeah, I mean, I don't care either way. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. you got to replace it. It's a main character. I'm a big fan of Harrison Ford as well, so I think this is a good addition. Uh, but I will say this. You know, he was really upset with the toxic fandom that was Star Wars. Get ready, because the Marvel toxic fandom is just as toxic. Just no, throwing it out there. No, I'm not going to be all right. I'm going to be Thunderbolt Ross, and I'm going to be CGI Red Hulk, because I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I'm going to pass through your screen and cover the jazz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, over and under, everybody says that this is meaning we're going to get Red Hulk. Do you think that that's going to happen, Ron? Some, some some kind of version of Red Hulk. It might not be actually that uh, Thunderbolt Ross there, but I, we could. I mean... Harrison Ford didn't get any younger, so we might only have him for a movie. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, Diesel just said his name, so we might be, we might, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> we might be on borrowed time right now. This might not even happen. I don't. I've never gotten anybody above a B-list celebrity, so I think he's safe. <laughs> I love how you have to justify that. I know you don't know much about Red Hulk, but uh, are you anticipating big things by Harrison Ford being the addition here? Probably, I think they're going to just have to do it just just because, you know, you have Red Hulk, you have Thaddeus. I, I kind of don't want them to, though. I, 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 yeah, I, I think they should just bypass that entirely and move on. I don't think we need a Red Hulk. No, like, after seeing things elsewhere, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, I, I'm like, I don't care if he shows up or doesn't. I was never a big Red Hulk fan anyways. Uh, even in the Agent of Smash cartoon, like, it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Like, I I don't care. I get it. I mean, Hawk himself has been a bunch of different colors. It's almost like they kind of started doing, like, the, the Lantern Corps colors. Yeah. yeah. The reason why. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, fine, whatever. I don't care if he shows up or doesn't. doesn't bother me. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I prefer he doesn't, but if he does, it'll still be cool. Well, speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, man, the fans had a sky is falling moment this past week. I, I promise it's not that bad, but we're going to go over it now. The big news coming out of the MCU is there's been some movement in movies. Uh, Walt Disney Studios has updated its release schedule, adding new films, retitling others, shifting some dates, and removing one Marvel Studios film from its schedule. The shifts come following the news that production of Marvel's Blade reboot is on hold after losing its director. Deadpool 3 has been delayed by two months. And Avengers Secret Wars pushed back six months, though Avengers The Kang Dynasty remains where it was. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Disney's first Planet of the Apes installment, is now appropriately titled 
on the schedule and remains set for a May 2024 release after beginning filming this week. So that was the big reason for moving a lot of these movies was because Disney is now making a Planet of the Apes movie. Searchlight Pictures Chevalier, which debuted at TIFF, has been added to the schedule for release on April 7th, 2023. The next Hercules Poirot movie, A Haunting in Venice, which again sees Kenneth Braun starring and directing, which just added Tina Fey, Michelle Yeoh, and uh, Jamie Duran to its cast, is now dated for the release on September 15th of 2023. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, of course, like I said before, May 24th, 2024. Blade is now on pause, has been pushed back almost a year from November 3rd, 2023 till September 6th, 2024, taking the spot of previously held by Deadpool 3, which will now open on November 8th, 2024. That's the date previously held by Marvel's Fantastic Four reboot, which has shifted back to Valentine's Day 2025, pushing back the untitled Marvel movie previously slotted there to November 7th of 2025. Avengers Secret Wars moves from November 7th of 2025 to May 1st of 2026. The untitled Marvel Studios movie, previously dated May 1st of 2026, has been, been removed from the Disney schedule. Blade was first listed as the final film installment of Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the second phase that is part of the multiverse saga. The other Phase 5 movies, 2023's Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and the Marvels in 2024's Captain America New World Order and, the Th and Thunderbolts are unaffected by this. Uh, once again, this is just some shuffling around. Diesel, do you think the sky is falling or do you think this is just basic shuffling around, especially since they're adding more regular Disney films that they probably don't want to get slaughtered in the box office? So I think when they first announced their timeline, they didn't actually have that timeline set. They were just like, all right, let's pick dates. We're going to announce all these films. And then you get all the hype and excitement for it, for San Diego, for D23. Uh, and then you just, all right, now we can actually figure out when we're actually going to do these. It's, we're, we're still going to be around there, knock on wood. Um, it's going to take time to make these movies. We, If you were already excited for something that's happening two and a half years down the road from now and you're upset that it got moved back a few more months, eh, you have no leg to stand on. Ron, what's your yeah. opinion? I mean, I just made the joke in the group chat. Why why release dates if you're just going to change them? It, it happens in this yeah. business all the time, people. Things have been moved. Things have been changed. Things that you, like, you, that they don't even give you set dates. So, you know, they had some hiccups with Blade. Director left. The script is horrible from what I've heard. So they're, they're rewriting the script. They're trying to find a new director. And all the movies just move because this is going to take a little bit. So I think, you know, wherever, insert Blade wherever, things are just going to move around that. Which is fine, whatever. It happens. It's not that the Blade uh, script was horrible. It's just it couldn't compete with Morbius. Oh, oh you're, you're right. You couldn't compete with Morbius. Morbius is like morbid time. It's morbid time. Morbid time. Well, I will say this. I have no problems with it. And also for the people who are worried about the director leaving, this is not the first director who's left an MCU project. As a matter of fact, we've had way bigger projects have way bigger directors leave. I mean, at one point in Juncture, remember the Russos weren't even really supposed to be the directors of the last two Avengers movies. They were only supposed to do Infinity War. And then the people who they originally slated, because I can't remember now through the time, left, and the Russos were like, okay, I guess we're tapped. You know yeah. what I mean? It was one yeah. of those situations, and it worked out for the best. And this happened also in Star Wars. J.J. Yes. Abrams was not supposed to come back. He was supposed to do Force Awakens, and then Ryan Johnson was supposed to do the last two films. Well, <laughs> Last Jedi happened, and, and, the studio, and Disney went, Hey, J.J., uh, what are you up to these days? Uh, we might need you to come back and retcon some shit. Uh, so, 
it, this happens all the time for multitudes of reasons, whether it's good or bad. Listen, I think we're going to be fine. I think everything's coming out. I'm excited that they actually pushed back Secret Wars, honestly. Yeah. Because I thought it was too close to the Kang Dynasty. Yeah. Remember, originally they were slated to come out, I think it was well, like four months. No, it was. Well, it was like four or five months apart. Oh, that's right. Yeah, one was yeah. supposed to come out in the May, winter. One was, yeah, spring, yeah. and then one was supposed to yeah. come out in the uh, winter, beginning of winter, November yeah. or December. It was, it was really close yeah. there. So I don't understand why, you know, it, it's good for me. It's good for me to push them apart, man. Too much sometimes is too much. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're doing big movies like those. Those both are going to be a three-hour movie. I would guarantee it. Yeah. Especially when you got Factor right. and Avatar coming out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Rody, Josh, and I today were talking about, like, there's there's a lot right now. Like, I, it's hard to keep up, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's hard to keep up, but I am not complaining because give me more movies. We have one more piece of business. As you know, we like to have fun with it. And this isn't necessarily a fun one. It is a, a horror movie that's coming out. But just because of the concept, it was for Diesel. And I feel like this is a winner, winner, chicken dinner for <laughs> Diesel. Uh, so she's more than just a toy. She's part of the family. Produced by Blumhouse and James Wan. Uh, you know him from Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring, Malignant. The tech horror movie Megan that is M3GAN, is headed to theaters next January, and the absolutely wild official trailer has been uploaded today. Today, Diesel, and you got to see the trailer. I made you read the trailer. Why did you watch the trailer? Sorry, I said read. I made you watch the trailer because it's made for you. So I want to get your take first on the brand new trailer for the new horror film, Megan, brought to you by James Wan and Blumhouse Studios. All right. Barring all the, you know, the similarities between child's play, you know, a, a doll that does fucked up shit. This one I actually might be able to make it through because it's not like this weird criminal who happened to know Santeria gets placed into a doll's body. This one, her motivation seems to be keeping her human safe. Yeah. Yeah, but it looks creepy as shit. It does look it, creepy as shit. But the motivations of Megan, I'm actually behind. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Ch- Chucky was just, you know, a murdering fuck. Before you give your opinion on the trailer, I have one question for you, Ron. And that is, do you think, now he's saying that he might be interested, do you think he would make it through this movie? Just because of how the doll looks. I don't know. I don't think so. Because that the one dancing sequence where oh, the head doesn't, doesn't move Whoa. and that whole body just moves. I'm like, I was a little freaked out with that. And I'm, and I'm okay with dolls. I'm like, but like this whole thing, like these, I don't think he could do it. I, I, I think storyline-wise, I can. I think I'll look away during like the dancing scene. But <laughs> that, that scene where she freaky. tells that little boy, you should probably run. And then she's running on all fours like she's a like a wolf or something. Yeah, <laughs> which, which was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. But it, it does look pretty sweet. I will say that. I, I I'm not saying that I'm going to watch it. I I will probably change my mind before this movie comes out. But it did look a little bit better to me where I'm not having the Chucky fears. Okay. No, I get you. I mean, because I mean, when you look at it, you can tell it's definitely uh, actor portraying it and it's just a doll mask type yeah. of thing on instead of you know make this you know whatever however they put it a mask and have you cgi when they're yeah. doing the weird and, joint and shit yeah so i mean so it's not like you know a doll doll so it's like whatever um you know if it was made in japan you know what it'd be used for but that's besides point <laughs> who says that's not part of the script we haven't <laughs> seen it yet but i don't know I, I i think it looks cool i'll be checking yeah. it out for sure I, mean, I know diesel may or may not be in maybe <laughs> we'll add it to the 3fn movie club review list if he says he's in but uh We'll, we'll keep just, you at bay. It's just, a, you know, the horror version of Small Wonder. Yeah, I, when you made the, that comment, I was like, you know what? You're not fucking wrong. Again, You're not wrong at all. Her motivation seems to be pure. Maybe a little corrupted, but pure. No, Whereas the, Chucky just wanted to kill. 
And I can I think I could work with Megan here. <laughs> I just want to point out, I blame the scientist, the the ant, and the reason why is did she never see iRobot? You're supposed to install in them that they can't yeah. kill humans. Yes. Yeah, that's that one is the basic, that's, that's one of the laws. Rules. Yeah, but she she saw the end of iRobot and said, "Ah, we can't that's why we can't have it." Cuz <laughs> cuz then you find out the Will Smith's a fucking robot. Yeah, I spoiled it all these years later. That was some bullshit. He's a robot? <laughs> Dude, you know what the worst part about it is? They basically took the Blade Runner ending but just made it obvious and it made it worse. Yeah. Yes. It made it worse. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Nerd News. But don't you fret. We got one more piece of business here in the first half of the show. Because when the Nerd News stops, you know we call right into... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. I had a really big box office weekend this weekend. Coming in at number five, though, a movie that me and Ron both really enjoyed, Amsterdam, with another $2.9 million. Awesome. I still have to see that, but I've been going to see so much stuff, I yeah. haven't gotten there. I will give my score as soon as I see it, though. Uh, number four this week, The Woman King, with $3.7 million. I, I think more people should go see the movie. It was I, I want, really, I want really to good. see it. I just haven't had time. Very good. It was very good. I saw it a couple weeks ago. Did you? Nice. Yeah. Number three, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, with another $7.4 million. It's a kids movie. Yeah. It looks it looks cute. If yeah. I if I had a young child, I would go see it. But my kid's a little big for that now. <laughs> uh, number two and number one are both in the horror realm. So uh, congratulations for October being the Halloween month with Smile with twelve point four million dollars. Man, I, make it all the money. I like it. That's awesome. Make it all the money. And uh, still, I think right now, still my favorite ho- ho- horror movie in the in the uh, horror season. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's I think it's my the best one so far. So far. I don't know. I haven't heard a single bad thing about number one with a total of $41.3 million opening weekend, Halloween ends. I just want to point this out. Uh, if you haven't heard a bad thing yet, Diesel, don't worry. Just listen to the second half of the show. I know you weren't a part of it. I know Ken M was sitting in in your spot when we reviewed it. We did review it on Saturday, like I mentioned before. And uh, just to show you the differences now, let's look up Rotten Tomatoes score currently for Halloween end, shall we? And it is still not looking good, folks. It is still not looking good. It is standing in at a sultry. It went up one point for critics to 40%, but it's dropped two points for the fan reviews on 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. So it's still taking a beating out there. It's still taking a beating. Find out whether myself, Ron, and Ken M loved it or didn't like it in the second half of the show for the 3FN Movie Club review. All right, coming out this week... The one everybody has been waiting for, starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts' Ticket to Paradise. <laughs> you know, I, I almost bought tickets to that instead of the movie we're supposed <laughs> to watch next week. And obviously, it's the big comic book weekend. It's Black Adam. That's right. That will be next week's 3FN Movie Club review. We're all going to see it. We'll be reviewing it next week on this show. Run. Do you like antiheroes? Of course. Love them. <laughs> next week, uh, we have another uh, thriller coming out, Pray for the Devil. Yes, that looks good. I'm probably going to go see it. I know you shan't be yeah. watching it, Diesel. Yeah, although you're intrigued by it, so I'll yeah. let you know yeah. what happens. Uh, also coming out is Call Jane, The Lair, The Ambush, and My Special Boy. And so everybody's up to date. Also coming back to the theaters and what we will be reviewing next week for the Halloween episode, if you will, it will be Dawn of the Dead 3D. So the, the original Dawn of the Dead is returning to theaters. We will be going to see it in 3D, which has been a while since I've seen, seen a 3D film. Just going to throw that out there as well. So we're going to see that, and we'll be reviewing that next week. Or not next week, the week after for the 3FN Movie Club review. Because that one will come out the day after. or It'll come out for most of you, unless you're on Patreon, the day after Halloween. So there you go. 
That is going to bring us now, Diesel, to this week's top three. So what do we have for a top three this week, Diesel? This week's top three is your favorite celebrity upgrades when an actor takes over a role for another actor. And it could be due to numerous reasons, correct, Diesel? Okay, so my number three one is going to be a little, it's going to be a, I'm picking this obscure one that that the real ones will know. I'm going from Wesley Snipes to Omar Epps in the Major League Universe. And by the way, I thought Omar Epps was better as Willie Mays Hayes than Wesley Snipes. Yes. Was. But it wasn't, to be fair, it was a very young Wesley Snipes. Because that was one of his first movies. Yes. yes. Omar Epps had more likability. Yeah. I think, I, yeah, because uh, yeah, Wesley Snipes played the, the cocky, arrogant role. Yeah. He, he was like the T.O. before T.O. Yeah. <laughs> and then what? And then Omar Epps was more like, he had a cocky attitude, but he, you know, he was lovable still on the inside. You know, you wanted to still love him. Mm-hmm. My number two is Eric Stoltz getting replaced by Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. You know, I can't see that movie without seeing Michael J. Fox's face. And I understand that there are still some scenes with Eric Stoltz still in the movie. But come on. Can you tell me that Eric Stoltz is what you have in mind when you see Marty McFly? Absolutely not. And last but certainly not least, in my number one spot, we're going to kick it on over to the MCU. Remember when Terrence Howard was in the first Iron Man movie? And then remember how he was the highest paid actor in said first Iron Man movie? And then he tried to secure a bigger bag and Disney said, nah, we're just going to upgrade to Don Cheadle's. What? That is my last one. You know, playing the role of Rhodey. Not our Rhodey. Not the 3FN Rhodey. but, But the Rhodey. We're talking about Don Cheadle taking over for Terrence Howard. Good change. Very good change. Good change. That is an upgrade and a half. Ron, what is your top three? Uh, number three is the, the Becky switch in Roseanne. Lacey Garrison to Sarah Chalk there. Yep. Okay. You know, it, uh, number two, it, it, it's a three-way. Whoa, a three-way. Oh, a three-way. Eric Bana, Edward Norton, Mark Ruffio for the for Bruce Banner and, uh, and Hulk. I like Mark Ruffio. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then this is the number one's just a drop. It, it's an easy one out for me. All you, all you got to say is Doctor Who. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you even if you didn't like one, you liked one into another. Like even if you didn't like the last one, like that's just a cop out. The whole line. So, all right, Diesel, it's your turn. All right, number three. We're going back to a little uh, show from our childhood, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the Aunt Viv switch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, that's epic. Yep. Uh, number two, we're going to go with when Kevin Spacey was removed from All the Money in the World by Christopher Plummer. Yes, smart decision. <laughs> Should have probably just killed the movie, but you know. And then, because the show needed to be killed, number one, Ashton Kutcher taking over for Charlie Sheen in Two and a Half Men. Oh jeez! <laughs> just because that show needed to end, and that's what was the catalyst for it. And that definitely did kill the show. <laughs> but I agree with you hundred percent there. Well, that was this week's top three, and that was this week's Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. We are now going to take a break. And when we come back, through the magic of us doing it beforehand, because Diesel doesn't watch horror movies, Diesel will no longer be with us. And we will be joined by Ken M. from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. And we will then be giving you the 3FN Movie Club Review for Halloween Ends, right after this break. Hey, this is Bill Tash from Obscure Form. You can follow me on Facebook at Obscure Form. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bill Tash. Check me out on Spotify. 
or help me out on Bandcamp at Obscure Form. You are listening to the 3FN Podcast. gonna die tonight. Michael Myers has haunted this town for 40 years. Tonight we hunt him down. And we need to stop him tonight. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Michael Myers will be executed tonight. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. 40 years ago. You're quasi-evil. Evil dies tonight. 40 years ago. Evil dies tonight. Now it needs to die. And uh, a little special opening there. Uh, shout out to Grumpy Andrews Horror House on YouTube. That is the Evil Dies Tonight Supercut. And uh, the reason why is because this week's 3FN Movie Club review is Halloween Ends. And in fact, did Evil Die Tonight or just my soul? I'm not sure. We'll talk about it during this. But before we can go any further, we have a special guest reviewer because, as we all know, Diesel had to skedaddle. He is not... One to watch horror movies, so we had to call in a good friend. We had to call in an audible. So, ladies and gentlemen, joining us for the review of Halloween Ends, you know him as the co-host of 607TWS. You also know him most as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. Don't mess with the marching band. <laughs> Give you fair warning now. Marching band, don't fuck around, baby. Exactly. MBK all day. <laughs> all day. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that momentarily. Uh, but before we jump into things, there's a little PSA I want to announce. But let's give you the rundown for 3FN Movie Club in case you are new or in case you forgot. Uh, we will be starting off with all spoiler-free stuff, which includes us talking about who's in the movie, all sorts of stats for the movie, and most importantly, our thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle, recommendation spoiler-free. Then we will play the spoiler alert, and we will then spoil the shit out of this movie to give our full review, followed by playing the game and the nerd score slash my critic score to end it out. So if you are worried about this movie being spoiled, you will be warned before we spoil anything. Now let's get on to the PSA, which we don't normally do for these, but this movie 
has been so de- de- divisive online. I keep hearing that word. Mm. I don't know if it is truly that divisive. I, I think that it's kind of one-sided that uh, how people feel about this movie. But I just want to point out there, there's a lot of people out there who, if you enjoyed this movie, and we say this on 607TWS all the time, mm-hmm. art is subjective. And wrestling is art, so aren't movies. And if you love this movie because you thought it was good, that is perfectly fine. That is your cup of tea. That is, And that's fine. That's fine. It, it, if we didn't like it, or if we did like it, that's that's all irrelevant depending upon how you feel. The problem that we have is we see a lot of people out there who are getting paid by studios, whether it be by access or grab bags or swag or whatever they're at, you know, whatever they're getting in return. Sometimes even cash reasons. And, and you hear from these reviewers things like, "Well, go in with an open mind." And, you know, uh, just because some people don't get it now means it could shine upon it later on. Well, guys, art is subjective. And if you like something now, you usually don't turn around in 20 years and not like it. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is not the case of Halloween 3. And that keeps getting brought up where Halloween 3, the reason people didn't like it was because it was called Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. If it was just called Season of the Witch, I think everybody would look at it as the classic that people are looking at it now as. Mm-hmm. But because it had Halloween 3 before it, that is why the only reason people didn't like it. The only reason. Because it's a good damn movie. It was a good damn movie yeah. back when it came out. It's a good damn movie now. However, the Halloween 3 was the divisive part. This, on the other hand, is a completely different thing. This is the ending of a trilogy. I mean, if you count the original, which we're not. If you count the original, this movie gets, takes an even bigger dive. A little spoiler alert there. But... It's a trilogy from 2018, kills and ends. This is the trilogy from David Gordon Green, Blumhouse, and we call it the H40 timeline because it's 40 years after the original Halloween. That's where these events all happen. So you're going to hear us talk about the H40 trilogy quite a bit. And this is the end cap to that trilogy, the end of that saga, the end of the Laurie Strode story, although (laughs) there's a little bit of news here. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis has gone on to say this week when they said, well, this is definitively your last time playing Laurie Strode. And she said, oh, I don't know, maybe. So she went from, I'll never do it again, and this is it. I had to find the perfect story to going, eh, maybe I'll do it again. So who knows? I don't know where we go from this movie, but we'll talk about that during the, the breakdown. I just wanted to get it out there. You know what? If you like the movie, please enjoy the movie. That's fine. Say that you love the movie. Scream it from the mountaintops and give me reasons why, and that's fine. If somebody else didn't like the movie, that's fine as well. I just don't like the disservice. I've watched about four or five different reviews of this film where all the reviewers are going to review this movie the exact same way I'm about to do it, and they all gave it high scores. And I'm like, that, but that, there's something that doesn't add up. If you only mention detractions, but you give it a high score, it doesn't make it up. And then you go, oh, yeah, that's right. They got invited to the premiere from Universal Studios. They got you know, they got free swag things to give away from the studio. And you're like, oh, so they had to give the high score. So just be careful what you read. And the same vice versa. Like, it is, like I said, subjective. Does anybody want to add into this PSA before we continue on? The only thing you have to do is come up with your own opinion. But a lot of the stuff online can be misleading but then again this is the internet the internet does this so buyer beware go to reliable sources if that's who you want to go to or just watch the film and and brave for a, a bumpy ride yeah all right well we are going to get started here but before we do i want to also point out we are recording this on saturday 
October the 15th. 15th. Yes. Uh, just so that way, some of the numbers might be off by the time you guys hear this because we're recording it before the 3FN podcast uh, because Diesel's not here, so we just decided to cover it a little early. So, therefore, if some of the numbers are off, don't crucify us. You might even hear it. Uh, I will give a box office report as of Saturday as part of the box office here, but you will hear the f- better box office uh, numbers from Diesel during Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind when you go, but wait a minute, in Triple Stuff, Diesel said it made this much money, and these guys said it made this much. It's because we're recording it on Saturday. Yes. Just so we're all ahead. And also, if the Rotten Tomatoes scores change or whatever, once again, it's Saturday. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Are you gentlemen ready to start the 3FN Movie Club review of Halloween Ends? Spoiler free at first. Here's the synopsis from our good friends over at IMDb. The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode comes to a spine-chilling climax in the final installment of this trilogy. Uh, is that accurate, Ron? Maybe. <laughs> like, not, I mean, maybe. I mean, I could see where you could think it's that. I mean, they have to sell it. Yeah. Ken, you have any problems with that? Yeah, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> spoiler free, by the way. Yeah, no, uh, this movie was... A anticlimactic ending to what was once thought to be a promising new revision of one of horror's classic characters. I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's jump into the stats for the movie. This was released on October 14th, 2022, with a runtime of 111 minutes. By the way, this reminded me of something. For any dark players out there who listen to the show, when you have a 111 left on the board when you're playing a game of 301, <laughs> it's called a shit house. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not saying they did it on purpose, but I'm not saying they didn't. Uh, the director of this movie was David Gordon Green. Of course, he has directed all three of the H40 trilogy. He also, uh, mind you, and this is how I think he got the job, Pineapple Express, Eastbound and Down, and Righteous Gemstones. Keep that in mind. Mind you, two of them are shows that feature one of the writers of this film. But you're going to see that trend coming up in a second because let's go to the screenplay and the writers. David Gordon Green was one of those writers. Uh, his only uh, writing was for H40 Trilogy and a lot of small movies and shorts. Uh, so that's the only things that he's written. Danny McBride was your other writer, major writer, and he did the entire H40 Trilogy as well. Plus, he's also been writing, he also wrote Eastbound and Down and The Righteous Gemstones, amongst other things that he was in. Mm-hmm. Next up were two guys who were added completely new to this movie. Yes, four-man writing crew. Chris Berner, and the only thing that he has done as a movie private, other than this in the screenwriting, is The House, a Hulu Halloween anthology from 2017. I've never seen it. I can't tell you how it is. He wrote that. And the last guy, who was also added on as the fourth, Paul Brad Logan, and the only major film he has done, actually only other major writing he has done other than shorts and some documentary work, was Manglehorn, which was an Al Pacino film from 2014. And these were the two people who were added on to help write Halloween Ends. We're not going to get into any spoilers, but I'm seeing a, a, a little glimpse of why things are the way they are. Your cinematographer on this film is Michael Simmons. He has been the director of photography on all three of the H40 trilogy. He is also... The Paranormal Activity, the uh, two, the second Paranormal Activity movie uh, director, and then Righteous Gemstones. You see where it comes back in? <laughs> they went to in-house. But uh, also, when we get to the, <laughs> I guess it's not a spoiler, but it makes sense, his cinematography choices after seeing Paranormal Activity 2. Yeah. 
Makes a lot of sense. Uh, next up, who, these are the actors in the movies. First off, let's start with the star, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's reprising her role as Laurie Strode. Of course, you remember her from Halloween 1978. Halloween 2, fun fact, also Halloween 3, because she was the voice on the phone and the voice over the intercom. So she was in Halloween 3 as well. H2O, Halloween Resurrection, and of course, the entire H40 trilogy, as well as Terror Train, The Fog, Prom Night. And you notice I named all of her horror films because she was the original Scream Queen. And she still is pretty fucking awesome. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Next up was Andy Medichek, who played Allison. And pretty much the only work she has done is the H40 trilogy, except for some small movies. As a matter of fact, her first movie was Halloween 2018. James Jude Courtney is back as The Shape. He was in the H40 trilogy as The Shape in all three movies. Also, Far and Away. You remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, going out west. Uh, Tom, Tom, Cruise, Tom Cruise and Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman yeah. before they got married. Yeah, he was in that movie. He was also in When a Man Loves a Woman. <laughs> and who remembers When a Man Loves a Woman? Andy Garcia. Yep. Uh, Meg Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know that about uh, no, James Jude Cordy, but I, by the way, I do like him as Michael Myers. Yeah, so no, fine. no, no shitting on him. I just thought it was funny. Those were other movies. And then we got a new addition to the cast. And this would be Rowan Campbell, who played Corey in this movie. His only other credits were not for mo like movies. He's done a couple made-for-TV movies, but his two biggest credits on IMDb was he was one of the Hardy Boys for the Hardy Boys series, and he was also in Snowpiercer, the TV show. <laughs> Yes, those are his big. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at Ken. If, if we had video element, Ron is laughing and Ken is like, it explains a lot of things. Yep. Oh my God, the sky's just parted right there. Snowpiercer. I do want to say Will Patton is back as Frank. We all know Will Patton. We we love Will Patton, but he, I don't get used to it because he's not in the movie a lot. Also, they did bring back Kyle Richards as Lindsay Wallace, and once again, she is also not in the movie a lot. So I didn't add them to my big list because. They weren't in the movie a lot. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. He was just trying to get his dick wet. That's all. Budget of this film, $30 million. And so far, as of, well, technically, I think because we got, got it Saturday, it would only be the Friday, Thursday, Friday box office, was $20.2 million. And as I said before, $20.2 million, quite a bit. So I'm assuming this will make its money back in the box office. Plus, this is also getting streamed on Peacock, too. That's right. It is live so. right now on the Peacock. Cock, cock, the, the Peacock. peacock. But... Uh, it still made twenty point two million dollars in the theater, so you got to got to give it some. Uh, it's noteworthy for that, yeah. Once again, though, the name sold. Yeah, yeah, the name sold. All right, gentlemen, we have come to the end of the spoiler free section, and with with that, it is the spoiler free recommendation. Does this get a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or a thumbs down, and why? Remember, it is spoiler free. Ronald, what is your recommendation? Do not see this movie. <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> just straight thumbs down. Like, it doesn't do it justice. It just, no. No and no. No, no. Okay, <laughs> Ken M. Thumbs down, cut the hand off, throw it in a wood chipper, light it on fire, and make sure you watch everything burn yeah, to the ground. Absolutely like not. Do not, do not watch this film. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I got to say this. I got to say it straight out. The, the fact... That we're all going to agree that this is a big time thumbs down is, is good. Evil did not die tonight, but the Halloween franchise may have. Mm -hmm. That is going to be my spoiler free uh, ending for you guys. Does anybody have anything else they want to add before we jump in to the full on spoilers? No. 
No. All right. Well, with that, if you have not seen Halloween Ends and you want to see it and not have it spoiled, this is where you stop the podcast, go watch it. After you've seen it, come back and listen to what we've had to say and see if you agree or disagree with us. However, if you have seen the movie or just don't give a shit and don't care if it's spoiled, this is where you stay on because we are entering the spoiler zone right about... Now, and we are in spoiler territory, so we're going to give that spoiler full review, what we liked about the movie, what we didn't like about the movie. We're going to talk about it a little bit, and I'm going to say this. I feel like the first thing I want to say, and I think that Ken, being my co-host on 607TWS, my partner in wrestling, you are going to get it when I say that this movie was like an episode of AEW Rampage, and the fact that the best part is in the beginning yes. of this film. Yes. No, you're, that is an accurate statement. So, first thing, though, we were confused on is when this film opens, we get, you know, all of the studios who produce it. Universal, also in their Blumhouse, and a few other studios. And it's like the DJ from this uh, radio station that they talk ad nauseum about. We haven't heard it in two other movies. Right. But we're hearing it ad nauseum here in the beginning. And they're playing what is akin to the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies soundtrack. Yeah. And I wish that they would have played Hot Girl. Oh, they should have played Hot Girl. And I wish I could play Hot Girl without getting a DMCA. Because oh. if I could, Hot Ron, Girl, right now song. we would listen to Hot Girl. <laughs> Dude, it's but such a good song. But if you haven't heard Hot mm. Girl from Bodies, 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 do yourself a favor and listen to it. It was better than what they're playing. But anyways, I'm sitting there going, are we are we in the right movie? Yeah. And yeah. then finally it says Haddonfield, Illinois. And I'm like, okay, we're in the right movie. So when we get we get the little uh, where you're at, it says Haddonfield, Illinois, Halloween 2019. Mm-hmm. So this is 2019. And it is a babysitter coming to a house. And it's Corey, the new guy that we've just met. Three movies in, we finally meet this Corey guy. And he goes to this house. And I understand that the other two movies were taking place in 2018 before somebody stops me. But that doesn't mean we couldn't have seen this kid in one of those movies because he's 21 years old in 2019. So he could have been, you know, in the background somewhere. He could have been a part of a movie just so we would have seen him. Stalking Allison or something. Well, I mean, he doesn't got to that. He was a good kid. So maybe he was just in the background somewhere or he meets. I'm just saying there's no reason we're just seeing him now in the third movie. I was going to say we would see him in the hospital scene when they do the riot trying to track right. down Michael in Halloween Kills. Like, they that, could do that deep Easter egg if they wanted to. Passing on the torch to the marching band or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who knows? Maybe he was <laughs> in the marching band. So anyways, <laughs> moving forward, we get... Uh, they're going out to a party, and here's my first problem. And I understand, we're bringing real-world world things into logic. So the year before, 2018, is when Halloween 2018 happens. It's also when Halloween Kills happens because yes. they happen on the same night. So 2018, a year before this event. Now, mind you, the parents, like when we first see the street, the kids are all out full bore trick-or-treating. The parents are going to a Halloween party. We are in Haddonfield, Illinois. A year ago, there was a fucking massacre. Mm -hmm. In Halloween 2018, there was 17 kills. Uh, My information is coming from Dead Meat, the kill count. I did have to deduct one because one person he counted as dead is still alive and still alive in this movie. So 17 kills in Halloween 2018. Halloween kills, deducting a person that we find out is alive in this movie as well, which we'll get to later, had 30 kills. So 47 kills in 2018. Almost 50. 
So your town experienced almost 50 people losing their lives. Some were children even, because there's the three kids in the costumes, plus the one kid with his dad when they come upon the crash bus. So there was four children at the very least murdered, plus another 43 people, including I think like nine or nine firefighters. Yeah. So your town should be mourning the loss of almost 50 of its residents by the hand of a killer named Michael Myers, who by the way, by the way, has never been found after that night. Nope. He is out there somewhere. So, but a year later, we're going to parties. There's full-scale trick-or-treating. And listen, you got to make this movie a little realistic. That's not going to fucking happen. Am I wrong about thinking that? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, how they set this up was really puzzling. Because, like you touched upon, we had the events of Halloween Kills, and it looked like they sped through it, including when Lori's daughter was killed, and it was a quick blurb. Like, it wasn't like an impactful meaning. It was just like, they talked about the rampage, and yet we're going to somebody going out for a party that night. Hey, here's the babysitter. Peace. Like, what are we doing here? Right. So now let's get back to the movie. So in the movie, they leave for the party. The kid is like acting like, oh, we can make paper airplanes and da 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 da. And at one point, the only thing that we know that's mentioned of Halloween, if you will, or Michael Myers, is that the mother pulls Corey aside and says, hey, since last year, he thinks that Michael Myers is everywhere in the dark, so he's had a bedwetting problem. So just be careful. He might wait the bed. Mm-hmm. That's all she says. Which is so that's the only, but think about it. That's the only acknowledgement that we've heard about Michael Myers, okay. and we're in probably five minutes into the movie at this point. Yep. So they, the parents leave, and then we come back, and the next thing we, scene we see is the dynamic has changed. This young boy is not a nice little kid. He's, no, he's, a, he's, he's kind of a bastard. Being a dick. I'm yeah. going to throw that out there because he's like, they're watching the thing, and he's like, no. Don't turn that off. He was like, and he makes fun of him. He makes teases him, calls him names. This is a little kid. So Corey goes out to the other room, and it looks like he's going to have a beer, but he puts it back, and he's just going to have a piece of zucchini bread, and he had, and this chocolate is important, in chocolate milk because he has the knife. And then all of a sudden, you hear a screaming sound from the kid, and ta ta ta, and a knocked over lamp. So then he goes through the house. And as he comes back around in the kitchen, you notice that the knife is gone. You're like, oh. Front door was cracked open. Front door is cracked open. He goes up the stairs to investigate. He finds a knife on the stairs. He picks that knife up. That's the zucchini red knife. And he goes up. And he ends up on the third floor where he thinks he hears the kid. And it's like this almost like attic area kind of. Attic storage room. Right. So he goes inside. He's looking. And all of a sudden, the door slams behind him. And then we get the reveal. It's this little kid who's now locking him in there. And now... Corey, who is scared, is, let me out. Let me out. Raping at the door. Kicking at the door. And at the same time, the parents are coming home. They're they're pulling in. They're walking in the house. And as they walk in the house, you hear Corey say, open this damn door. I'm going to kill you, little son of a bitch. And he kicks the door. And when he does, the door flies open. And what does it do, Ron? Whacks the kid straight in the face and pushes him over the railing. And he falls three stories down right on his fucking face. Mm -hmm. And it was brutal. As soon as his mother walks through the door and says, hey, kids, we're home. And it's just like a sound. And like, it was, it was brutal. It was fucking, we were all, at that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, we're taking some chances. Yeah, we're we're going some places. All right. We went, we were all like, oh, we're going like this. Okay. We got, we got hope. I was like, somebody lied to me and said this movie was bad because woo, we get, this is this is great. And then we get the Halloween open, and I got it. They did the little homage to Halloween Three: Season of the Witch because it was yeah. the third movie, and doing the all the names in the blue uh, yeah. lettering and the font from Halloween Three. So if you didn't catch that, that's which, what that was fine. about. Which I liked. Once yeah. again, it's going to like pile. 
So here's where we get into the meat and potatoes of this movie. And from that point on until the next time we see any sort of action beat, uh, Ken, correct me if I'm wrong, because we were in the movie theater and we counted this down. It was 50 minutes. Yep. So from the the end of that kid dying until the next real action beat of this film, 50 minutes. Yes. And in between, all we're finding out is about Corey. And how Corey works at his stepfather's uh, auto crushing or scrapyard. It's a scrapyard slash mechanic shop. shop. It's a a little bit of everything there in Haddonfield. And it's about how he's been a shell of himself. He got off on it. You know, this is three years later. It's 2022. They let him go because it was an accident. You know, but the town thinks he's a monster. And we at one point do hear from his mother, which makes sense that they were like, uh, she's Lori stops in on her and she says, well, because your boogeyman disappeared, my son, the town needed a boogeyman and my son became that boogeyman. And I was like, okay, that was interesting. So they did some interesting stuff, but like I'm at a Halloween movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he gets bullied. Great for it. And I know you guys are going to want to talk about it. At one point in this movie, he gets bullied by a gang. (laughs) By gang, I mean four. Two girls, two boys. A gang of marching band bullies that you have now dubbed what, Ken M? MBK all fucking day. The marching band click came up (laughs) and they said, you're buying us some beer. And Corey, on his bicycle, no less. Not a motorcycle at at this stage, but a bicycle is like, no, nah, I can't do it. And they're putting pressure on this. They say, no, nah, you got to go get us some beer. I also want to point out that the two boy bullies in this marching band bully group both have Southie Boston accents. Yes. yes. And this is Haddonfield, Illinois. For reasons. <laughs> but we're rolling because they're the only ones putting pressure on them. And Corey is just sitting there. He doesn't know what to do, which I'm like, okay, what is going on yeah. here? So the head bully pushes him down, which makes him. He had a he had a glass bottle like of you. It was like uh, not you who, but it's like you. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah, chocolate it was, milk or something. Because right. he made the comment about it. He's like, oh, you're drinking chocolate milk. You know, to, you know, big big guy there. Because yeah. at one point they do realize that he's the kid guy kid that murdered the kid and da 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 da. So they push him down and it cuts his hand pretty bad. And here is Laurie Strode pumping gas and basically runs the bullies off and they called them the psycho and the freak show yes and her opening line to him is which one of us is the psycho and which one of us is the freak show and then she like pops him up and then she pops out a fucking jackknife yeah and goes is are you gonna do it or am i gonna do it and they pop the tires then she gives him a ride to the hospital where we find out allison works because mm-hmm. allison and now mind you in a year laurie strode spent 40 years preparing for Michael Myers to come back. Living, breathing, eating, sleeping. Michael Myers is going to come back. And he does. To her credit, he does. Mm. On one Halloween night in 2018, that same night he murders, he ends his kill spree by murdering her daughter. Yep. Right? Yo, which they finally yeah. confirmed because we weren't sure at the end of we, Halloween we Kills. We didn't even know if that was real. We thought yeah. it may be a Dallas situation. Mm-hmm. It was only a dream. It wasn't. So he ends the night by murdering her daughter. She's fine. She's, she's writing a book. Like, she's writing a book. She's talking about how you have to conquer she's, your inner evil and how you have to live life to the fullest. Happy, like, yeah, and happy. Laurie Strode was yeah, bugging that, me out through this whole movie. By the way, she was a gangster motivational speaker because that's <laughs> with the knife thing. She was like, "Yeah, stand up for yourself." That's yeah. basically what it was, and it's just like, "Fuck!" You lost your daughter, and the psychopath who did it is still out there, and you know he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know he's still alive. Anyways, another thing that just doesn't make sense, and I have not heard anybody really 
discuss why that makes any sense. It doesn't. The Halloween, why there's Halloween celebrations a year later, and why Lori Strode is fucking absolutely fine with the fact that what she said for years and prepared herself for happened, and then also murdered her daughter and her son-in-law, and you know, uh, fucking forty five other people <laughs> yeah like she's not even traumatized she's just going about her day like if you honestly walked into this movie without seeing any other halloweens you'd be like well why isn't she traumatized it's like it never happened right and this is i mean in their world it's four years later right yeah, right so it's four years later you got all over this in four fucking years not to mention in that same time right in front of her allison spent her last moments with her mother right before her mother gets murdered and previous to that watched her boyfriend her high school sweetheart get murdered by michael myers she watched another one of her friends get murdered by michael myers she watched lonnie get murdered by yeah. michael like she's been she's seen some shit her dad's now her dad and mom both got killed by michael myers like and four years later we find out she was dating a cop for a while she's working at you know haddonfield memorial hospital and on top of that now she's into this creepy psychopath like four years later, like yeah. yeah, I don't know, I don't know, man. But like, once again, I understand that this logic doesn't make you know it, it's not it's a movie. We have to suspend some disbelief, but it still makes you question what's going on. Am I the only one, or is there anybody else? No, they completely sped through this whole like post death grieving period. Now everything's normal. Lori's playing matchmaker out of nowhere, yeah. with no background story whatsoever. Allison. Yeah who's at the hospital is tending to him and all of a sudden magically falls in love with, you know, Novocaine and syringes here. And, and is in love with him, like, from the moment she sees him walk in, like, you would have seen him. It's a small town. Yeah, like, like you he, haven't seen him on the yeah. news for three years yeah. as obviously... Yeah, did, obviously just, you know, just got off or whatever. Well, the worst part about it is she admits when they, she goes to the junkyard to have her car fixed by him, she says, oh, I knew who you were. Yeah. So, like, okay, fine, you forgive him. You know, he didn't do it. It was an accident. Like, sure. The way it's set up to even us as the viewer, it's an accident. So I'm not going to like say he's a bad person. Mm -hmm. So we go through all of this. Then we get to <laughs> probably one of my funnier, like little, like whatevers is the this weird building of courtship. Yeah. yeah. So like he's like, oh, I don't talk to people. He's very low spoken, like uh, get away from me and stuff like that. And like then all of a sudden he's texting her at the table. Well, his mom's threatening him about jobs <laughs> and this and that. Who are you and, texting while you're eating dinner? Who are you texting? Why are you texting it? Who's that? And then we build into them going to this bar for a Halloween party, which is, I don't know if it's owned by Lindsay Wallace or if she just works there, but it's one of the few times we see Lindsay Wallace in this entire film. Same bar as the last movie. And he's wearing a little scarecrow mask that she got him, and she's dressed up, and they're having a good time. He's drinking. They're dancing. We get a full-fledged Spider-Man 3 dance breakout <laughs> in the middle of this to music. And then he goes to the bar and forgot his mask. Because that's how he's being... I feel like that's how he was comfortable in the room. Yeah. And when he walks up to the bar, lo and behold, who's at the bar? The mother of the little boy he murdered. On accident or not, he still murdered her. And she calls him out like, oh, you're having a good time? Well, you know what? I don't have a good time. And my son sure as hell is having a good time. <laughs> she, like, overacts. Like, it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> so he, he ends up running out, telling, yelling at uh, Allison, saying, you know, I told you, you know, nobody expected... And I just... I have to go. And he runs off as a pouting little emo bitch. Uh, we, we compared him to Hayden Christensen in the prequel <laughs> Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah. And on his way, he runs into the marching band click, the MBK. <laughs> MBK all fucking day. And they pull over to bully this man some more. <laughs> Mind you, he's a 21-year-old, and these kids are... If they're 18, senior, 18 they're, they're tops. They're 18 tops. 17, it, it, 18. If it tops, and he's towering over them, too. Like, that's the thing. It's like, he's... <laughs> 
legitimately physically bigger, and yet they're pushing him around like nothing. And then this is the night where he's going to fight back, though. He kind of like gets smug and he talks shit to the kid. He goes, listen, I, I, I know why you're the way you are. Since your dad treats you like an asshole and you don't like it because he hates you. You have to look <laughs> in the mirror every day and realize he hates you. And, of course, that pisses off the lead of the MBK. And he shoves him over a viaduct. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not that far. So he lives, but he shoves him over a viaduct. They think they killed him, though, and they drive off. It's like, it's like I know what you did last summer almost. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You copy it to the letter because he's like, you know the story, right? He fell. And they're like, what? No, you shoved them. No, he fell. You shoved them. How dare you shove them? No, no, get back in the car. We're out of here. So this is roughly 50 minutes past where we were from the killed death of the kid. This mm-hmm. is roughly 50 minutes. This is about an hour into the movie-ish because that first opening thing is like 10, 15 minutes. So let's say right around an hour mark. And that's when somebody or something drags Corey into the sewer. Mm-hmm. He wakes up in the sewer the next morning. It's daytime. You can see the light coming through. He's sitting up against the wall, and he's just like, uh, of course, he just fell, you know, at least 30 feet, 20, yeah. 30 feet. It was, it's, it's enough to do damage. It's a good enough drop. So yeah. he sees where the only exit is, which is this drain pipe, and he starts walking towards it, and then you get the scene you see from the trailer where Michael Myers grabs him by the throat. He's looking through the cobwebs, and they lock eyes. They lock eyes. I love you, man. <laughs> and he lets him go. So he leaves out the sewer. There's this homeless guy that approaches him outside the sewer and says, Hey, I've seen many a people that he's dragged in there and none of them have come out. You came out. You go back in there and you get me Michael Myers mask. You no, get, get me my mask. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I'm Michael mask. Myers. Yeah. Get me my mask. And he and the old man, you know, what's up, by the way? What's up with the switchblades in this fucking movie? I mean, because the old man pops a switchblade on him, and then the kid, that's Corey's first kill, but it's in defense. We, yeah. I, I can argue it's in defense. Well, it's, it's his switchblade that got thrown over before Yeah, with, yeah. with, the, with the marching band gang in there. Right, like, but still, yeah. the old man pulls it on him, so it's self-defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he ends up jigging the old man and getting the fuck out of there. But then there's a change in our boy. Our boy goes from that stabbing to now he wants to watch the world fucking burn. Yeah, because that's where the next all the discussions next come like I don't understand how Allison is attracted to him because his next discussions are all like emo shit like yeah you shouldn't let her treat you that way we need to leave this town yeah and like he gets her to say that she would want he was like this whole town should burn and she she does she's angry because this former cop lover of hers comes over and him and Corey kind of get into it because now Corey's got balls yeah like all of a sudden. <laughs> It, it, you know, the weirdest parallel is it's Spider-Man 3. Yeah, it, it like, really he, is. It's like all of a sudden Michael Myers gives him that Halloween venom, and all of a sudden he's sitting there doing the you know, the, the arm jives and uh, dancing sequence as he's going through the town, and he's getting revenge on everybody who's come near Allison, whether it's been the nurse colleague yeah. or the cop. I just want to throw this out there. If Diesel was in here, he'd say it wasn't venom. It was very much <laughs> jism. Uh, but we get to this point where this is where the movie starts to pick up, if you will. Mm-hmm. And... He leaves Allison because she invites him in. She wants some nookie. And he leaves her. He knows he's being followed by this cop. So he takes him down by the viaduct. He lowers this cop into the sewer. And the cop is kind of beating up him because he's still kind of a pussy. And then Michael strikes. Michael then chucks him to the ground. Michael's still weak and feeble. But uh, Corey has to help him. He's holding. Mind you, you'll never see that. Like, did you ever see in your life that you see... Michael Myers having another human being holding somebody while he slits his throat first, but he doesn't do it too deep, so he's still alive. And then he starts stabbing him, and then it looks like he's getting more power every time he stabs him, which is real fucking weird. But still, like, the scene, well, Corey tells him, show me how it's done. Yeah. 
And Michael, he holds me. So, so Michael, while Corey's holding this guy, Michael's just fucking butchering this dude. So that's the first kill you get. But I'm just going, when in ever has Michael fucking Myers needed somebody to hold somebody for him to kill? Like this is this is this is weird. Yeah. Well, it was the whole passing of the torch that they tried. I'm stressing tried establishing, but it, it failed. It failed on every single level. I'm glad that you said that because we're going to come back to that because it failed even in their screenplay. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a little bit. He ends up going and banging uh, Allison. Allison. And then, you know, he's, he's he's and this is when Laurie sees in his eyes, mm-hmm. I see the same thing I saw in Michael's <laughs> eyes. Laurie walks up or sees him walks up and I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, he's like, she's like, I saw the look. It's the same look that I saw in Michael's eyes. And you're just like, what the fuck? So, anyways, he gets the scarecrow mask back because that's important. Because the next kill scene we get yeah, is Allison took the scarecrow mask. Yes. So, tag team back again. Check it, direct it. Let's begin. It's the scene from also the trailer mm-hmm. where now, but with a little more contest, the docs, the doctor that Allison works for has chosen a different nurse to be to get a promotion. The reason why? Ken M. Reasons. Well, he's banging that. Well, he's, well, he's also yeah. He's also yeah. He's also she, hooking up with his assistant there, so she's getting all the the perks. promotions and and Alice is getting right. the shaft. That's what makes Corey think that he's done her wrong, done yeah. Allison wrong. So now Corey goes to the house and and she's getting ready to take a shower. She hears a noise when she goes outside and turns on the light. It's not the scene from the they they tricked you in the the way that there was the body floating in the pool. That doesn't happen. Instead, no. you have the scarecrow mask wearing Corey, <laughs> Corey with a plastic bag over the doctor's head, stabbing him in his neck with, I think, a bottle cork or an ice something, pick. Something, it's, yeah. it's something that was just there. And he's just still going to town while she's just looking at him. And then he gets up to chase her. She runs back in and closes the door. And this is how you know how much of worthless he is. He can't get the door open. He's banging on the door and he can't get it open. She goes to call 911. And then, once again from the trailer, Michael Myers appears out of the closet. He ends up grabbing her. Now, mind you, while he grabs her and pins her against the wall, does the classic Halloween one stab and then stare at her with the tilted head. Mm. Corey takes off his bandage and he puts his wounded hand up against the the fucking glass. Like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, I want you. I, I think he wanted to fuck Michael Myers. He did. He was going to, or he wanted him. He was going to let him inside. I don't oh, know. Oh, or was, maybe he did come inside. He, he's going to be like pros. I, I want you inside me. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping again. We get to another problematic area. So now they're, they're going to leave town together. They're going to get out of there somewhere in there. The DJ, they got there on top of the roof. The DJ kicks them out and punks out Corey. So Corey doesn't like that. That's going to come into play eventually. You know, his mom kicks him out of the house, punks him out. Him and Lori have this little meeting inside of the house where he killed the kid because that's where he's staying now. And she's telling him to get the fuck out of there. And he basically tells her, you know, if I can't have her, no one can. Mm-hmm. And they're going to leave together. Bah, 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 bah. But before they can go, he's got to tie up the loose ends. And here we go into the third act. This is the third act. He goes back to the sewer and beats up Michael Myers. Yep, you heard that right. Yeah. And takes Michael's mask. Yep. Takes Michael's mask, beats up Michael Myers. Ken. Ken. (laughs) Did you ever think you'd see the day when Michael Myers gets punked out by some little emo bitch? Fuck no. Like, this was just so out of the ordinary, and this just didn't make any sense that all of a sudden the student has become the master. And this is something that I was like, okay, he's stealing his power, whatever that is to be the new shape. But this was so forced and it just had no fluidity to it. Yeah, make no sense. Yeah. So he's got the mask. 
He's already got the coveralls because he works as a mechanic. Yeah. And now he starts cosplaying as Michael Myers. And it's time for people to pay. And in no particular order, he ends up killing the marching band click. So MBK is now gone. For now. And and <laughs> I, I was not impressed with these kills. I was not impressed by his performance, Ken M. No, the, the performance was just you know, cliche, nothing memorable. The most, of, most of them were off screen. The only, the yeah. only one that would have been cool was the one where he used the torch, yeah. the, the welding torch. But they did that at such an angle that you couldn't really see all, it. All you saw was the face glow. And then, yeah, because he was doing, you know, because for reasons. So then he goes into <laughs> the, like, he had the Michael Myers walk down. I'll give him that. He walks past the, the DJ. He ends up killing his receptionist and then going in and smashing his face off of the uh, uh, turntables until it busts his jaw open and yeah. stuff, which that turntable would have broken, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he cuts his tongue off. Which then lands on the the funny part is it lands on the record and it makes the record skip. So I, we were all chuckling about that, not in a good way, but we're like, hey, at least that was entertaining. I mean, yeah. if you were going for no reason other than Allison and him were on the roof of the of the studio and he got mad, the DJ came out, get off my property. Like, why didn't you have this guy in the background through the other three movies? Or exactly. Like, like that mm-hmm. be the music playing in the background or, mm-hmm. or the radio or him, the one, not the news going... Hey, Michael Myers has been spotted over here. That's, you know, kind of that kind of cliche. By the way, this guy was an asshole anyways because he's the whole time on the radio when they play him on the radio, he's just making fun of the fact of what happened the, like four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like seriously, like like it was like, oh, who cares? Oh, somebody else got killed. Huh. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? So now Allison is waiting for Corey to meet her at this diner. And Corey has other ideas. He's going to go kill Laurie Stroud. He's going to do what the shape couldn't, right? Yep. So Laurie's at the house, and Laurie, this scene was kind of interesting. I actually like this scene, the way they set it up. She has the gun. She looks like she's she's distraught. She's going to kill herself. She pulls the gun up, and she calls calls 911 and says, hey, I'm here calling in a suicide report. Yep. Uh, she's so, in, like the stories, the the book that she's writing is over. She put, puts it all on, so it's like her memoir is there. Mm-hmm. The phone, you know, the the necklace is on the side for Allison. I'm assuming so it doesn't get bloody. Like she, it, it's set up very well for a suicide. Right. So yeah. that happens, and then we hear the clicking of the gun, and then the door opens because it's Corey and the Michael Myers get up. Opens the door, and when he opens the door, Lori's got the gun pointed at him and goes, did you really think I was going to kill myself? And puts, like, three slugs into him. And he falls off of the... Yeah, it was a two or three. But he falls off of the thing to the ground, and he's definitely hurt. Unlike Mm -hmm. Michael Myers, he isn't walking through this shit, right? Yeah. So she goes downstairs. He's still not dead, and he starts talking shit to her. And she was like, did you really think... And at the same time, Allison's coming home and to figure out what the fuck is going on. Because, mind you, he said that... Lori threatened him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he looks at Lori and goes, if I can't have her, no one can. And jabs the knife into his own throat, which was kind of badass. Like the, the effect was at least. Yeah. And then she walks in. And of course, as, as Lori's pulling the knife out and she's got the knife in her hand, Allison walks in and like blames her grandmother. Like she, mind you, the mask is on the ground. Mm-hmm. He's on the ground wearing Michael Myers get up. She doesn't put any of that together before storming off, thinking her grandmother just murdered Corey for no fucking reason, right? Yeah. Like, this is this is going to be the ridiculous part. Another at the end here. So while this is all going on, Lori is now upset because now her granddaughter is left, and she's upset. she thinks that she's blaming her. She's sitting on the ground, and then we hear footsteps. And then we see a hand that's uh, only got two fingers left on the hand and the thumb, and it picks up the mask, and it's fucking Michael Myers. And he puts the mask on, and as he goes towards where Lori is, his ankle gets grabbed by Corey. 
And Michael's like, you don't think I forgot about that ass whooping, did you? <laughs> and he, sna- he, he finished him because Corey's still alive, but until then, he snaps his neck. So here comes the part in the screenplay. You were saying about passing it on, right? Okay, so if they were going to pass it on, why is Corey dead? Why would Corey be killed by Michael Myers? If like it's they're passing on a curse or they're passing on whatever from Michael to him, which was uh, what a lot of people thought was going on, then why is Corey fucking dead too? Like you would have had to leave him alive to carry on the legacy going forward. But no, Michael kills him. He's fucking dead. So I, once again, I understand where you were saying that and I get it, but their screenplay murdered that idea. Well, that's why I said the one writer that thought of it left. no like you're right it made no sense it was just like okay you built up Corey to be the next michael and then you punk him out and then you bring back the original michael to take the throne it's like this would have worked had this been the first movie of the trilogy if you wanted to go that route but the fact that you didn't this should have just been laurie and michael one last time so we get to that finally. After almost two hours of a movie, we're probably about an hour 40, hour 45 yeah. in, and we finally get Michael versus Laurie, which is a 10-minute or less fight. And once again, Corey punks out Michael Myers in the sewer, takes his mask, right? Meanwhile, a few hours later, literally a few hours later, Michael is huffing... Lori across the kitchen like it's nothing. Yeah. Like, he's forcing her to do... Th- and it's like it's fucking nothing. But, of course, Lori gets the upper hand. Of course, also, Allison comes back to help. Yeah. Uh, because she sees she sees the uh, the radio station on fire and goes, Oh, shit. Corey killed all these people. Yeah. That's yeah. what made like, her put... N- now it sinks it. in. That's what made her put it together. That's what made her put it together. Including going back to his house and killing his mother. I don't think he wanted to kill his stepfather. I don't because remember well, he, he doesn't he kill him. He, the, the, the kid girl. shoots him because he stands up to protect Corey. Yeah. So his stepfather was the only good person in his yeah. life. I want to say. Yeah. So I think that, okay. that that probably unlocked a little more rage. Sexuous kiss with his mother. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> but I, I, I honestly, I kind of felt the only person I felt bad for in this movie was the stepfather. He's yeah. the only redeeming character. Because like movie. literally, he sees that it's Corey because Corey's putting on the mask. He's like Corey, and then the kid's gonna shoot him, and he stands up and takes the shot for him. Mm. And dies. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think that that's where some of the raid. Because then remember, he beats that girl's face in with that wrench. Yeah. Once again, they, if they would have shown more of it, it would have been better. But whatever. So here we are at the end of the movie. They finally they, they cut into fucking Michael's hand pretty deep. She gets him pinned down. They pull the mask off. We see the face. Yep. We see his face, and we go into him now being fucking Rasputin. Yes. Because she slits his throat deep. Mm-hmm. She then slits his wrist and holds his hand, and then yeah. And then, that's when the sheriff shows up and the other cops show up. <laughs> finally. Finally, yeah. after all of this time. And they decide that, hey, this isn't over. So they take fucking, they take Michael Myers in a straight move from National Lampoon's <laughs> vacation, mm-hmm. like they did with the ant, and they tie him to the roof of a station wagon. And Allison's station wagon. Yes, and they start driving him through town, and the only person who thinks this is a bad (laughs) idea is some cop that goes, I don't think this is in the rules. This ain't right. And the sheriff goes, it is tonight. The only line in the movie he had. Yeah. The only time we see the sheriff. The only time we see him. In this whole movie. So then they start driving, and as they go, somehow, this town that supposedly healed is somehow notified, like, bullets and like that, because now people are walking and following in cars, and they're all going towards... The junkyard. And they get to the junkyard, and there's a big shredder there for, you know, moto, like yeah. the, the metal, metal shredder. shredder. And they put Michael in. They pass him. 
They pass him. Like crowd surf crowd, one. Crowd one. surf Michael Myers. Yeah. One last crowd surf. <laughs> He, he was he was loving it. It's the way he wanted to go. One last crowd surf. They crowd surf Michael Myers to the shredder. He like gets like his... crucifixion wise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, like Jesus Christ. Out. By the way, he's dead and his arms are spread out. Like, like Spider Man like Two. Yeah, right. Yeah, the yeah. parallels to the Spider Verse is <laughs> insane. There. Do you think Sam Raimi ghost wrote this movie? He had to have. Oh, I, I hope so. It makes this movie so much better. Yeah, I, I don't think it makes it better. It just <laughs> makes me go, damn, Sam Raimi fell off. Yeah. So anyways, they get him to the shredder, and of course, Laurie climbs in to kick him in the shredder. Now you're thinking he might grab her leg or something, because that's what I would have done in the movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And pulled her in with him. Yeah. Nope. He just gets fucking shredded in, and it looked cool. I got to give it. That was a cool effect. He, there ain't no more Michael Myers, brother. <laughs> yeah. Because there ain't no way oh, he's coming back. I, I said that. He's like, oh, yeah, he done. He did. He, he done. Did. Did. He did. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, oh, no, he did. He, he fucking did. You can't, you can't bring him back. So that should have been the end of the movie, right? No. We get to go back. We see Allison driving out of Haddonfield with her car packed. So she's moving on with her life. And then we see Lori in the house finally really finishing the book. Yep. And after she finishes the book, uh, she goes outside. And, of course, uh, her love interest, Sheriff Hawkins. Well, well, it was Sheriff. And now he's just deputy. I think he's actually retired by this point. But anyways, he's outside. And he brought her some vegetables and stuff. And she goes, oh, I'd like to see those cherry blossoms. Because early in the movie, they talk about cherry blossoms. And this comes back up. He's been trying to get his dick wet for three movies. So finally, he's (laughs) going to get his dick wet. But we're not going to see it, right? And then the ending of this movie is literally... The horror shot for shot through rooms of Lori's house. Like you think Michael or somebody's going to fucking pop up. And then finally it hits her office. And on the table, on the coffee table in her office room is Michael Myers' mask. And then we get the... And that's it. That Fade to black and death. And you're like, that's the best way you could end a fucking final movie of a saga? Yeah. It was like Lord of the Rings. They added like four extra fucking scenes. Like it could have been... It would have been better if you all of a sudden you see... Allison driving away, and you just see her take the mask and put it on the passenger seat. And maybe she's carrying it. Or my personal favorite is when they're in the shredder, fucking you should just pull lawyer and both of them die, boom. And that's the hell you end the movie. Because remember, that was supposed to originally be her last Halloween movie. Yeah. I think I'm just saying. Until she probably read the script, it was like, nah, I gotta come back for one more and redeem this. <laughs> it's like the Undertaker searching yeah. for that last match. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, it's it was it was wild. So that's the movie. And the reason we went through the movie is because the biggest problems, biggest problem is there's like an hour of this movie where nothing happens but C.W. Gilmore girls with the, I'm in love with a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Ken, you were the first one to say that this movie reminded you of a CW TV series from the like early 2000s. The only thing it was missing was Remy Zero or Stabbing <laughs> Westward blaring in the background for the party. Like this was seriously old school CW going nowhere drama. In my opinion, this just had nothing to it. The fact that they did this movie as the closing for the franchise, allegedly is just such a bad look because you did nothing to follow from Halloween Kills and the fact that you tried doing a copycat killer to end this is just a bad move. I want to say it might have not been the end of the franchise. It was supposed to be the end of the saga, but I think this movie may have killed the franchise as well. This was going to be like how the old uh, Fantastic Four uh, movie that just came out uh, with Fantastic with the four yeah. Yeah. In, in the letter. Yeah, how long did that kill the franchise? This is what's going to happen with Halloween right here. I agree there. I can see it. All right, so... Is there any likes or dislikes that I missed along the way? Because I think we kind of like spitballed on over them as our little diecast, but I might have missed over something. We'll start with the guest, Ken. Was there any likes or dislikes of this movie that we might have missed over? MBK all fucking day. I mean, that's <laughs> the only thing I take away from it. No, this there really wasn't too much there. I mean, it had an uh, interesting premise when they started off with Corey Killed the Kid. That was going to be an interesting direction had they wanted to go somewhere with it. But the fact that they just kind of did the scenic route, and I mean scenic by going to a few different states and then coming back out, 
it did, it went absolutely nowhere. So like I said, the fact that he went Spider-Man 3 all happy and dancing and all that jazz, it just really was like, okay, if you redeemed yourself and then you turned into a psycho killer instantly without really explaining how, it just didn't do it, it just didn't serve its purpose. All right, Ronald. Yeah. No, it, it's this is so bad telling. Like Corey should have been introduced at least in the first one. I, I even think even if you wait until this movie to introduce him, it shouldn't have been 2019. She, this should have happened. He should have been sent to the same psych center. He should have been on the bus. Mm-hmm. And that that's how you connect him. Like he sits there and says, "Oh, I, you know, him him being a neighbor with Michael Myers in the in the jail." Like mm-hmm. and he just talks to him all the day. If you're going to do the copycat, that's what you do. You extend it that way where instead of it being immediately after. I said coming out of the original Halloween 2018 Halloween that, you know, and Rich can tell this test is upset. Allison's going to put on the mask. Yeah, I'm like, that's Alli- what should have happened. Allison could have been the opposite of Laurie Strode. She went through the trauma, trauma and all that stuff, but she became the killer instead of trying to be the savior. And I said, because her as the actress is a very, is a taller female, which mm-hmm. is fine. I have no issues with it, but it would have fit the suit and the movement forward. And the whole thing you're feeling through this, every time it's her and Corey, you feel her like diving into the serial, like, uh, uh, natural born killers. Yeah, like that. You, she's driving. She's getting pushed into the serial killer mode and all that stuff. Hence, why you should just have that mask show up. Show her pull it out out of the seat, put it on the passenger seat as she drives off and ends it there. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that route, but they didn't. Like, like this adding Corey here in this movie makes no sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, that's going to do it for the review section. So it's time for time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game! Of course, Ron is your defending champion. Can Ken M win a week for Diesel? Something that Diesel's had to struggle with. Maybe Ken can tag in and help out. So the game is played simply like this. It is scores from around the internet about Halloween ends. It is closest to the number without going over. Better known as Price is Right rules. And of course, if we need a tiebreaker, the final question will be... The closest to the number, because we don't do fucking ties here. All right, gentlemen, are you ready? You do understand the rules, right, Ken? Yes. All right, you are playing for Diesel. Can you get him the win? Let's see if we can do it. IMDB, out of 10, using points, Ken, because you're the challenger. You get to go first. What did they give Halloween ends? 5.1. Ron. Mm. I'm going to go low. I'll just go 2. 2, 5.1, and... Ron, you might have a challenge in here. KM got it exactly on the number. 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> oh, shit. Remind you, all of these scores are from Saturday. So if yeah, they've no, changed, no, you're fine. I'm you're talking right. for the people at home. I, I was thinking it was like four or something. I was guessing it was like it was average, but I could see some people like going above just because of how many people were trying to spin and that was like actually watchable. All right, Ron, you're down one nothing. Next up, Metacritic. Out of 100%, what did they give Halloween ends? 62. 62 for Ron. Ken. 41. 41 for Ken. 61 for Ron. And Ken goes up 2-0, 45% oh, on oh, Metacritic. Diesel, I'm making you proud, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Man, Ken's going to try to run for that flawless victory. He's probably going to get it. All right, Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score. Ken, you go first. Out of 100%, what is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score for Halloween Ends? It usually hovers right around there, the IMDb stuff. So I'm going to say, if I said 5.1 there, I'm going to say 55. 55 for Ken Ron. 
You're probably on it. I think it's right around 55. So the question is, which way do I want to go? Uh, I don't see it being 60. I'll go. I'll go down to 42. 42 for Ron. 55 for Ken and. 39 percent uh, i should have want one 39 percent. Oh, i was waiting for you to go one I, 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 I know but i was being all right ron you get to go first here it is the rotten tomatoes fan score out of 100 percent. what do the fans give halloween ends 50 50 for ron go ahead ken 38 38 for ken 50 for ron and ron's on the board it was 56 percent okay good, Interesting. good job good job that means we have one question left. It is two to one. So the final question to make it juicy is worth two points, and it is the closest to the number, period. Are you gentlemen ready? Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, Ken, you get to go first. You're the challenger. You go first. Google user. Oh, God. Out of 100%, what did they give Halloween ends? 47. Ron. 48. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. And your winner, and still champion, Ram, 64%. 64? Google users are always high. 64. Well, that's low for Google yeah, users. But yeah, but I was like, yeah, I was just trying to gauge. Yeah, but as soon as you said 40s, I'm like, it's... Okay. 64%. It's going to be somewhere around 70. All right. It is now time for us to give the nerd score and my critic score for Halloween ends. And the nerd score is simple. It is a combination. It's our critic score mixed with a recommendation mixed with entertainment. So if the movie isn't critically good, if it was entertaining, it could get more points. If it's uh, And also that means we might recommend it more. So there you go. That's how the score works. It's simple. It's five points. A one is no. That means it's terrible. Don't go see the movie. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it's still bad, and you've been warned you should never see the movie. Three is, eh, it's good. This means it's an average to good movie. It's not an essential film for you to check out, but if you do watch it, you're not going to be wasting your time, eh, but you're also not going to add it to your playlist to play every year. A four is just take my money. These are very good to great movies. These are essential movies. These are movies you need to see. They're movies that you're probably going to add to your watch list to watch every so often. Those are saved for that. And then last but certainly not least, the five spot, which I'm sure we're definitely not getting to, is Rarified Air. It's called Certified Nerd. By the way, there is a Halloween movie that is Certified Nerd. That's Halloween 78. That's the kind of movie we're looking for. Also, Jaws, Jurassic Park. Uh, this year alone, we've had Spider-Man No Way Home. We've also had The Batman and Clerks 3 all hit the Rarified Air. And uh, I haven't seen it yet, but Diesel and Ron both said Amsterdam hit that as well. We can't give it the unanimous because I haven't seen it to give my review yet gentlemen we have had our time to review this we've had our times to think about it since we've seen it on thursday ron you go first what is your nerd score for halloween ends negative five stars it's a one <laughs> it's a one it's a one do not don't listen to the hype on the internet i like seriously like these are well, I, uh, the, the hype is agreeing with you yeah. <laughs> well i well don't listen to the people trying to promote this as something epic something worth anything it's horrible i like we we were the loudest people in the movie because we were laughing at it so loud and people started chiming in with us that's how bad this movie was like we we, <laughs> we were the we were the peanut gallery we were the old men up in the top of the, the muppet show making fun of this thing our movie theater not just from us but from other people had a yeah. lot of what yeah. the fuck and why the fuck's going yeah. on yeah it was so horrible. i agree with you ken your first nerd score what was your nerd score for halloween ends Negative three. In the words of superhuman, fuck this shit. <laughs> this was awful from 
start to finish. I mean, the only thing rememberable is MBK all fucking day. Like, there's nothing else worthwhile about this film. I'm sorry I wasted the time watching it. My eyes are still hurting from it. And I need to watch better things because this is absolute trash, in my opinion. All right, so that brings it to me. And listen, this movie isn't the worst movie I've seen. Like, there's way worse movies I've seen. But because of how... If I, I said before the movie, if this was worse than Halloween Kills or Halloween Resurrection or Curse of Michael Myers, I would automatically give this a one. And I, ladies and gentlemen, it's a one. This movie was terrible. Like, you have one cool scene that opens the movie with the kid dying. Later on, there's a couple little things during the, the, the rampage at the third. But there's everything in between is a whole lot of like, basically, the way I will explain this is it reminded me of Rob Zombie's H2, but all the bad parts made worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they like to teleport. And by the way, congratulations, Rick Rosenthal. You are no longer the director of the worst Halloween movie ever made because I would rather watch Halloween Resurrection than watch this piece of shit movie again. There, I've said it. And anybody who disagrees with that, that's fine as long as you loved it. But if you're disagreeing with that because Universal, you want to keep on that Universal T and they send you all the fucking shit, then, dude, be honest with yourself. I've heard a lot of people review this movie who literally complained about everything we complained about. Like I said before, I'm going to reiterate it. And they stuck by and went yeah well it got a 7.5 out of 10 like no 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 no. if you make all those complaints and you're bitching about it that means it's not a 7.5 out of 10 speaking of out of 10 my critic score for this movie let's just keep it it's a one out of 10 movie like the the only redeeming things of this movie was that first kill the mbk and a couple things in the rampage that is the only reason it's a one the cinematography of this movie sucked yeah, it does. yeah. this the the score and i understand the score was written still by john carpenter with some uh, extra help but the, the extra music that they used. Why were you using dance hall music yeah. in a fucking horror movie? Like, I get it for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That's the yeah. movie to do it in. You shouldn't be using the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies soundtrack in a Halloween movie. No. It just doesn't work, and it didn't work here. I, I just, there's nothing really saving in this movie. It, it, literally, this movie is the worst movie in the franchise, and I would be surprised if this movie doesn't kill this longer than Halloween Resurrection killed the series in previous years. Mm. I really think this is really going to set back the horror uh, remake movie game for a while. Yeah. That's how bad this movie was. Yeah. And and call it what you will, if they if they were trying to do some elevated horror, because that's a new punchline in, in the world of horror, they failed at that too. Like this, I get it. You tried something new, but the problem is when you try something new, it's either big rewards or big disappointments. Myself and uh, Ken are New York Yankee fans. We have a guy <laughs> that plays for our team named Giancarlo Stanton. If you're not familiar with Giancarlo Stanton, he swings a heavy bat. He kill, he kills balls. 474 mm-hmm. feet, 500 feet when he fucking murders a home run, no problem. The problem is, is that he swings for a home run every fucking swing. So it's either he hits a home run or he strikes out. Yep. They tried to swing a home run with something new, but the what new fucking sucked and they struck out. We just need to accept that. It is what it is. Hopefully in a few years, somebody will reboot and we'll get another line on the New York City transit map that has become Halloween in its skewed storylines. And hopefully the, it'll be better. Right now, I'm wishing for the days of the Thorn Saga line. Hey. Yeah. I mean, shit, H20 line just went up because H, H2O was a great movie. You know, Halloween, the original Halloween's a great movie. H2O is a good movie. And yeah, Resurrection sucked, but two good movies and one bad. The H40 line is looking real bad right now. There's two bad movies in this and one's atrocious. Mm-hmm. And that was this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. Next week on the 3FN Movie Club Review, we will be reviewing the brand new Warner Brothers Discovery movie in the DC Studio Cinematic Universe. And of course, that is Black Adam. So tune in next week for the 3FN Movie Club Review of Black 
Adam. Ken, before we go any further and end this show, I think we need to give you the floor. How do the folks find yourself in the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast? Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Joining the conversation on the social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page, along with the Parlay Points blog section, the T Public link, the Patreon link, the directory, which has a million one providers that we are on, the classified section, which has friends of this show, such as 3FN Podcast, and anything and everything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. And since you got the shameless plugs earlier, we're just going to leave it like this. Anything that you need to know about the 3FN Podcast, you can find at 3FNPodcast.com. All the socials are there. All of the show stuff is there. Patreon link, Public link, and more. 3FNPodcast.com. Now, for those of you who have might not stayed behind the shameless plug section before, <laughs> we do a little thing to end the show every week to have a little fun that the people who do kind of find fun. So what Ron does is he picks movies that are pretty much loved by people, but that he doesn't like himself. And he finds the shittiest one or two star reviews for said movies, and he reads them here. And he does it for a full year on each movie. So uh, I'm not going to tell you the movie if you don't already know. He'll describe it here in a second, but the floor is yours, Ron. One out of ten stars. It's not that great. Why? Because it's very repetitive. That's why. Here's the story in short. Bad man, creature, ghost, creature, thing, a powerful and evil ring, Anyone who possesses it and wears it becomes obsessed. Ring bad. Hence, someone, the hobbits, must get rid of the evil ring. So far, so good. But then that's it. From here on in, it is all traveling. Fighting evil, more traveling, fighting more evil. Even more traveling and fighting more, more evil. A, ma- a pattern starts emerging. Yes, there are some nice effects and it looks really pretty. But the story blows chunks. I don't care if the book is fantastic. I go to the cinema to see a good film, not a good book. And in this case, this film wasn't great. Special special effects alone does not make a good movie. One on ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. All right, and with that, that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the 3FN Podcast. Once again, we would like to give a big shout-out and thank you to our good friend Ken M for stopping by to do the 3FN Movie Club review of Halloween End. Sorry you had to sit through that shit. (laughs) It is what it is, folks. I do it for the brand. Of course, next week, 3FN Movie Review is once again Black Adam. Until then, hope you were entertained this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week to bring you all of that and more. And until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly... Later, nerds. Later. And of course, if Diesel was here right now, he would say something witty about something that we mentioned before, make it super over-sexualized, pretend that just happened. (laughs) Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Later.